This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we are previewing the skiing and indoor track and field seasons. Plus, our Bobcats of the week come from the basketball teams. The women and the men both picked up big NASCAC wins Saturday against Colby. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Since our most recent episode of the Bobcast, the basketball teams have played a combined total of eight games. The men dropped a pair of games at the Tournament of Heroes in Staten Island, while the women split a pair of contests at Springfield College's Naismith Classic. The women hosted number one nationally ranked Bowdoin on Friday and gave the undefeated Polar Bears one of their bigger challenges of the season, holding Bowdoin to a season low 65 points. Although they fell to the Polar Bears, the women earned their first conference win of the season the following afternoon against Colby. Down by eight through three quarters, the Bobcats rallied and outscored Colby 19-4 in the fourth quarter to prevail 54-47. to After the game, we caught up with senior captain Erica Lemire. Tell me about the offensive rebound you got late in that game, right? I think it was a shot by McVeigh that went off the rim and you served in for the rebound. Seems like you're getting a lot of those. What's your mentality like on offense? Um, on offense, it was really close game at the end, and we knew we just had to do whatever we had to do to win, and I knew that I was going to crash every board. If it wasn't going in, I was getting it. So that was kind of my mindset there. For sure. Senior captain, you're I think the, lo- the lone senior on the team, right? What's that dynamic like with all these first years coming in and you, find it, you, know, you being the leader out there on the court? It's been really fun. Um, I give so much credit to all my underclassmen, all my freshmen. They've been stepping up in such huge ways. Um, it's been fun to kind of be able to lead them a little bit, kind of show them you know, what it takes to play with heart, what it takes to compete in this league, and we're there now, and I'm just so excited for the rest of the season. I know you've battled injuries throughout your career. What's it mean that you'd be starting in key NASCAR games like this as a senior? It means the world to me. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't know. Well, in this game, y'all, you know, Colby ends the third quarter on a big run, right? What's the mentality going into the fourth quarter? Because you had outplayed them for most of that third, and they ended on that run like that. But then you dominated the fourth. Right. Coach just kept telling us, you know, every game we go into, prepare that victory speech. And that's what she said to us at the end of the third. You know, we were down a little, but she was like, keep preparing that victory speech. Like, we're going to get this. And everyone believed in it, and we got it done. Eric Lemire, thanks so much. Thank you. First year, Megan Graff matched her career high with 17 points in Bates' win on New Year's Day over Newberry. She followed that up by scoring 12 points against Bowden on Friday. Then she matched her career high again with 17 points in the Bobcats' win over Colby. Seven of those 17 points came in the fourth quarter. And Megan Graff is our female Bobcat of the week. You'd already played Bowdoin earlier in the year at their place, and they came in on Friday, and you held them to their season low in points. Obviously, you want to win the game, but how much of a confidence boost in that performance set up for the next day? Um, I think it just uh, showed as a team, like... The ability and potential we have just to like play a good solid basketball game throughout the season a lot. Like we focused a lot on just playing a full basketball game, not just playing a half or like only a quarter because that like we we're struggling with that obviously. And we struggled um, with that against Bowden the first time we played them. So just like the being able to put together a full game really allowed us to just see like the potential we have as a team and how good we can be and that kind of um, 
translated into the Colby game as well. What was it like playing against your uh, former high school teammate there, Maddie Hassan? Um, it was definitely, I mean, I played against her the first time we right. played him, but it was, it was different because a lot of the things, like, we went over about what, like, her tendencies were. Um, I, like, recognized that from high school. Yeah. And just, like, she scores a lot of points, and in high school, like, I was someone passing her the ball, so it was just a little bit different, but, I mean... You always say, like, when you cross the lines, there's really no friends mm -hmm. during a basketball game or even during practices or anything. So we're both really competitive people and basketball players. So I think we are kind of, like, in the zone. Our mindset was focused on just playing basketball and not really the friends aspect. But it's, like, a really, like, nice thing to be able to share just and to remember playing against one of your good friends and old teammates. Was there any extra talking going on because you're friends or no? Um, <laughs> no, I, I think we're both just so competitive. Uh -huh. So, like, both of us just want to win so badly. Yeah. I, like, think, like, we're pretty similar basketball players when it comes to, like, having the same mindset during games and stuff. So... We didn't talk during the game. Maybe I was said a few things like that was foul, <laughs> but um, um, yeah, no. We talk after the game, but usually during the game, it's strictly basketball. Right. Yeah. And then the Colby game. I mean, mm -hmm. wow! You're, you're first of all you you caught up in the third quarter, but then they yeah. got those eight points at the yeah. end. So you're down by eight going to fourth quarter. What was going through your mind heading into the fourth there? Before the game, we, like, talked about it, and we said we played a great game against Bowdoin, but, like, we can't just be satisfied with that. Like, we have to understand that this is still going to be, like, a hard game to win. Like, we're going to have to work hard. Nothing's going to come easily. And so the we kind of struggled during the first half, and during halftime, we just said, like, losing isn't an option. Like, it's only winning. Um, and before that, that game, we, like, had this quote, oh, like, we always have like quotes and stuff and one of it was like always like plan to have a victory speech and like that was just kind of our mindset like it was only gonna like we were walking out of the gym with a win and that was like in everyone's head it just like wasn't an option to lose and we all just wanted to win so badly. Tell us about your senior captain Erica Lemire and I understand she gives some good speeches. Oh, I can't even begin to start with how great her speeches are. She's just, like, obviously the one lone senior on the team. Like, she takes on a bit, pretty big leadership role, especially just because we're such a young team, too. It's not even, like, one senior, a bunch of juniors. Like, it's one senior, two juniors. So, and one of them's hurt right now. But, like, she just takes on the role. Like, she embraces it, and she just steps up when she needs to. Like, I... I mean, we've been, like, struggling, obviously, the past few games with just winning and, like I said, playing a full game. And she just, like, is so, like, she tells us to play with heart. And, like, everything she says, she demonstrates, too. It's, like, it's not just, like, she just says it and, like, she doesn't do it either. Like, what she says, she does, too, and, like, that supports it. And I think it kind of just, like allows the team to like buy into what she's saying too just because she's like such a hard-working basketball player and just like a great leader on the team she definitely has such a impact so that fourth quarter you outscored Colby 19 to 4 mm -hmm. what was really clicking I mean you hit some threes you drove to the hoop got an and one I mean it seems like everything could have gone right it did <laughs> yeah um I just think it was this like in our head, it just wasn't an option to lose. Like, it was only winning. And, it, like, there wasn't any other way we were going to go down. And it, I think, like, 
we all just wanted it so badly. Like the momentum was going our way, our shots were falling, and like that just like that made us just want to work like harder and harder, like score more, and just like not back down. Um, at all and I mean it was alumni weekend so like all the alums were there and we always talk about like alumni magic Uh and and, like it just like it was there like the atmosphere was amazing just like everyone was so pumped up and um, we were just so focused in on the game and we wanted to win so badly. We're talking on Tuesday today's game has been postponed Um, (laughs) so we do have obviously some NESCAC games coming up on the weekend a lot of road games coming up Uh, what's the coach what's coach Montgomery said about that? Great we had a great weekend we played well I mean we lost to Bowdoin but like we beat Colby and we played two really good solid games but like she's always focused on the next game like great we won we beat Colby but like so what? We have two other big games coming up. That's mm-hmm. old news now. Like, right. we have better things to focus on. Um, and it's just, like, we achieve one thing. Okay, we have another goal set for us. And, like, we're now focused on that. The, like, that, the weekend's over with. And so, like, we're just focused on the next thing. There you go. Megan Graff, Female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The men's basketball team fell at Bowdoin on Friday before earning its first conference win of the year Saturday by defeating Colby 81-71. to the Mules entered the contest at 9-2 and two on the year, but Bates used a big first half to go up by 11, and the Bobcats held on from there. Junior Jeff Spellman poured in 15 points and pulled down a team-high 8 rebounds in the win. Spellman averaged 14.3 points per game over the break, and he leads the Bobcats in scoring on the season. And Jeff Spellman is our male Bobcat of the week. First two NESCAT games of the year this weekend. Loss at Bowdoin and then a complete turnaround and a win at Colby. What changed? I mean, it's tough to pinpoint exactly what changed. I mean, I think it's just a testament to our attitude as a team. You know, we've had a really tough season up to this point. But, uh, you know, we were able to stick through it and, you know, just listen to our coaches and really believe in each other. Uh, I think our first game at Bowdoin, we kind of caught a... uh, a guy in a, a really tough night, a career night for him, and Jack Simons. And I think, you know, we look up and he has like almost 30 points in the first half. And, you know, we typically don't match up very well against a team like Bowden. They're bigger and they like to slow pace. And that's not what we do. We you know we're trying to speed up. Um, but, you know, it, it's tough to say exactly what, what changed. But I know in Kobe, our attitude was, you know, we would have, you thought, we would have thought that we won the game before. You know, we didn't, there was no, you know, no one gave up. And that's really what I saw. Sure, and we saw Colby earlier this year, alumni gym. They like to shoot a lot of threes. How do you approach that defensively? Uh, you know, we try to make uh, all their threes contested. Uh, we try to run them off the line. You know, we want to get them into, you know, taking tough twos. Obviously, you don't want to give up layups at the rim. But, you know, we try to mix up our defensive looks. You know, we mixed in like a 1-3-1 zone at the beginning of the game. We opened the game up with, I think, like two, two steals to start the game. So that obviously changed the course of the entire game. But, yeah, we try to run them off the three-point line and get um, them into contested twos. And what was the feeling like on the bus after the game? Was it relief? Was it like, let's go, let's play again? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, we talked about this whole, you know, as we kind of went on the first half of the season. There's really two parts of our season. You know, we got the first, first session, which is mostly made up of you know, non-league games, which, you know, if you do well enough, you potentially get a at-large bid. But at this point, that's not going to happen. So we know that we need to perform at a very high level in NESCAC play. So, you know, I think, you know, there's obviously a sense of relief there. You know, if you can split most NESCAC weekends, you know, go one win and one loss, then you leave yourself in a pretty good position to get a 25th game, and that's been our goal. So, you know, we were happy, obviously. Terrific. And then Tom Coyne back in the lineup, uh, 
He was hurt for most of the non-conference. What's it like to have a fellow guard like him who can score? Oh, man, it's great. You know, he provides such an offensive relief <laughs> for us. Uh, you know, he he stretches the floor so well. You know, the defense has to worry about him. You can't just – you can't leave him. You have to have a body on him because if he gets an inch of space, it's going up, and more than, more than likely it's going in. For sure. And then for you, you know, eight rebounds also against Colby. You're not that tall. How are you getting all those rebounds? <laughs> uh, you know, I think I have the athletic ability to get rebounds and – you know, I've been really focusing on on that this year. I think the last few games, I kind of strayed away from it. It's, it seems more of like a conscious choice for me if I can just, you know, remind myself every possession. Because in the past, you know, I've played in some systems where I'm just kind of running. I'm just I, as soon as the shot goes up, I'm kind of going out. You know, get into a win, a wing or a corner. But now I just got to remind myself to go back. And you know, I bring the ball up a lot, so we can just start our offense a lot easier if I'm the one to go get the rebound. Sure. Yeah. A lot of the offense obviously runs through you. What's it like to have? I mean, I don't know, do, you, do you feel pressure? Do you embrace that? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't. I don't feel pressure at all. You know, it's just like what our like whatever the team needs. Like I'm just going to be willing to do it. And I wouldn't say that the offense runs through me. You know, we just you know whatever the best look is for us. That's what we're going to get. Well, as the guy who brings it up, though, what do you see your role as in terms of you know starting the possession? Um, you know, in terms of, are you working with Furbrush calling the plays? How does that yeah. dynamic work? Yeah, I mean, we usually have like a few. It's kind of like football in a sense that right. our first few calls are going to be set. Um, you know, it's like it's it, I mean, it's an unpredictable game, so it's not necessarily set. But we try to have you know an outline of what we're going to do. And like I said before, like we're a team that really wants to push pace and tempo. So you know, if I can go back and get that rebound, and we're just going to go, we're just going to go right into our fast break. You know, there's nothing going to be said about it. You know, we're just going to play and get comfortable with each other. I think that's starting to happen. Terrific. So off the court, I interviewed Cody Greenalch a few weeks ago, and he mentioned that you and him have teamed up on some uh, movies, some films. He says you're really good with the camera. How did that develop? Uh, you know, I've obviously I didn't know Cody our first year. He was playing football, and then we, we started to, you know, he reached out to me and said that he wanted to play basketball, and, you know, I found out that he was a pretty damn good player. <laughs> um, and he's a great kid off the court, too. We've become really close. Um, you know, we start, he's a rhetoric major, I'm myself studio art major, and I'm really interested in film. Obviously, he is as well. And, you know, we've just, uh, you know, we started to try to figure out what classes we could take together and maybe, you know, work together. And that's what we've done. We've made some uh, some short videos, some uh, short films that I'm really proud of, actually. Terrific. Uh, studio art, what's that major like? Um, you know, it's, it's really nice for me. It's, um, you know, there's, there's two sessions of the uh, art and visual culture major. You can either art history or studio art. So obviously I take majority, majority studio art courses, so, but I mainly focus in photography and film, and those have just been really two big interests of mine for a while now. Do you also take art history, though? Uh, yeah, I do have to take some art history wow. courses, and those have actually been really interesting. I've found them way more interesting than I thought I would have. I, I gotta tell you something. I took art history twice in college, and I dropped the class both times. <laughs> Could not handle yeah, it. Yeah. I, what's the key to succeeding in those classes? <laughs> uh, I mean, this, especially at base, is such a you know a broad spectrum mm -hmm. of the courses you can take in art history. You really gotta find something that you're gonna be interested in. You know, I've been in some that you know I wasn't as interested in, but then there's some that I've found like it just really struck home with me. Now back to the court. You mentioned Cody Greenall's reach out to you initially. Is that so? You were wanting to kind of bring him onto the team a little bit. Oh yeah. I mean, I had actually known about him um, when he was in high school, uh, and then I found out that he was coming to Bates. You know, when I was coming to my freshman year, and I was like, "Is this kid playing basketball or not?" Like, I wasn't even sure. But then I found out pretty quickly that he was just a really good football player. Yeah. Um, so I kind of it was it was it was upsetting to find that out. <laughs> I mean, selfishly, of course. Right. Um, but yeah, no, then he just, I think our spring, our freshman year spring, he just kind of showed up to one of our, you know, one of the pickup games we have and just had, had it running from there. 
Yeah, so he had, I believe, a bunch of points also against Colby. What's it like working with him on the court? Uh, I mean, he's great. He's another guy who can really shoot the ball. He's super athletic. He gets out. He slashes. You know, he, he's really like a complete player in my eyes. Um, you know, it just always helps when we can have another guy who can shoot and just really just be a total offensive threat. Now, I believe this year is a home-heavy schedule for you guys, yeah. right, in NESCAC play. What's that mean to you? Because obviously, a nice home court advantage alumni. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, obviously, the new renovations that went on inside alumni, it's been great to play there so far, and I'm excited to get, you know, some NESCAC games finally at home with the crowd. I think it's going to be great. It's really going to provide, uh, you know, our guys and our team with the support that we need. Terrific. Jeff Spellman, Mail Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. The Alpine and Nordic skiing teams are loving the snow. Their seasons get underway this weekend at the St. Lawrence Carnival. To preview the Alpine skiing season, we talked to Captains Griffin Mueller and Michael Cooper. Well, Michael, we'll start with you. First of all, welcome back. I know last year you missed it due to an injury. You're obviously still in school and everything. But um, So coming back from injury, what's that process been like? Um, it started off super slow. I mean, um, so I had back surgery, and the first like three months after, it was just like do nothing. The surgeon was very adamant about me doing nothing just because at 20 years old getting back surgery was not an ideal situation first of all but um getting back um very like very slow like getting back with physical therapy and everything and slowly like building up to getting back like most of my strength and we were able to do physical testing like the end and was pretty much at where I was last year at this time so really happy like that it's gone like successfully like the PT has been working and stuff and so getting back on the snow is awesome as well like didn't really miss a beat, so pretty excited to get back out into the end of the circuit this year. Excellent. And Griffin, you obviously competed last year, went to NCAAs, but the previous year you missed because of an injury. So what was your process like coming back? Um, coming back, it was hard, but it was really helpful to get to cheer on my teammates um, from the sideline the whole year and just keep working at it slowly until um, it all paid off last year. And last year, NCAAs, what was the experience like? It was amazing. I was so happy just to get to be there and compete with those girls. Um, I probably had never been happier. So. And what did you learn from the experience maybe you're going to apply to this season? Because like, last year was kind of your, you know, your first year of collegiate skiing. What I learned last year was just to be myself and keep working at it slowly but surely and um, – just go out there every day and do the same things I do, um, and eventually, you know, it'll all pay off. Michael, let's talk about the men's team a little bit. Obviously, you being a senior captain, but you've got some, you know, pretty fast teammates, right? I mean, Taggart Mueller's back, Griffin's brother. We've got Calvin Wilson, Joe Gillis, Max Schneider, and Ari Van Vuren, a first year pushing the envelope, I hear. Yeah, so I'm incredibly excited just with how the men's team is shaping up this year. Um, I so I missed all of last semester, so I wasn't around a lot. I, mean, I obviously watched the results and everything on live timing. Yeah. Um, but this was obviously the first time getting getting back onto snow, watching them all ski in person, and I was blown away, like, to be completely honest. I mean, everyone is skiing, especially in slalom right now. The men's team is incredibly strong. I mean, we got Joe Gillis, who is skiing, like, really fast in slalom. One of our first years, Ari Van Vuren, very fast in both slalom and GS. He's, I think, really pushing the team, so I'm excited to see, like, how that plays out for the rest of the year of course like max and calvin too are skiing like incredibly fast and so it's really like pushing me too like i mean i'm getting back into skiing and stuff whatnot like after injury and it's definitely been i think really good for me like having like definitely the a younger team pushing like pushing how i can do like this year and so 
I'm like really excited about like how they're all going to perform this year and obviously Taggart as well. Right, for sure. And then um well we're we're previewing the season now. We're previewing the really the carnival season. You guys have lots of races before that and uh, I know I understand there's been a lot of podium finishes. What what's that season like? Not the preseason per se, but the season before the carnival season. Um, it's definitely pretty intense because it starts starts late in the fall, right like right around when we're finishing up finals and finishing up like final projects, kind of whenever. So our time on snow is like pretty like, sporadic, and um, we try to just like fit it in anywhere. So we're pretty tired at that point, but everyone is just so excited to be on snow, like getting into the season, and so like all the races that we do beforehand, um, kind of like gear up or like get us geared up for like what the carnival season would be um but for the most part like we're just so excited to be back on snow that we don't care that we're getting less and less hours of sleep like you know so um but all like everyone like did very well in like a lot of the early season races on the men's side um and the women's side actually we had like a lot of podium finishes like across the board so it was good to see that that early like coming into the carnival season especially with that much momentum like i know michaela's super excited about it. i'm super excited i know griffin's super excited as well um, and so, like, I honestly think it's going to shape up to be a pretty good carnival season for our team. Great. And then, Griffin, you took the fall off and went all over the world, I understand. Tell us about it. Um, yeah. So I, because I'm doing a fifth year, I got the opportunity to travel and train and coach a little bit. Um, so it was super amazing. I was totally chasing snow um, and got to go some really beautiful places. Started up in Canada, made my way down to New Zealand and Chile um, and of course back home in Colorado so um, I'm feeling so excited to be back with my teammates mostly and uh, have them to push me and see where it takes us. Well yeah speaking of your teammates uh, it's certainly a, a young team isn't it I mean there you know you have a sophomore in Hannah West a couple of first years who are really standing out tell us about um, them and how they're pushing you. Um, yeah we are really young which is really exciting um, the girls coming up were so excited about because last year, like, I had Hannah to thank for making me faster. And this year, with Daphne and Tess and Cassidy, we're just so excited that we get to move forward together. And being so young, like, we have so much room for improvement and so much time. I mean, time is fleeting, but um, it's going to be really great to see those girls uh, move up the ranks. Terrific. And on the men's team, um, you have an Olympian coming back, Dinos, uh, representing Cyprus last year. What has he told you about his Olympic experience? Um, so I'm actually uh, – Dinos and I are actually roommates this year. Nice. So we've been able to, like, talk a lot about it and whatnot. But I know that he he has talked a lot about just being in the presence of all these, like, amazing like world-class athletes that we look up to, like, our whole life. And, he like, just that experience of, like, being able to like, have them as peers, I think it was something that like, definitely helped him. Um, but – you know, like it's it's just one thing. Like we didn't talk about it too much. Just like it was just kind of like uh, something like he did. Like he had that experience and super excited that he had that. So he, to bring back and like kind of share that all with are the like the younger guys on the team and everything. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's really exciting to have him back. Um, so it should be a good season with him as well. It's challenging there because I know he was one of the last people to kind of go down the hill, right? Kind of, and I understand in alpine skiing if you don't have a advantageous number. Uh, the snow's pretty torn up. Is that fair to say? Yeah, especially with the conditions this year too. Um, I know that the he was talked about the training days beforehand for the slalom, especially the conditions were like kind of all over the place. They didn't know if they were gonna have like like ample snow, like uh -huh. like if it was gonna be ice or whatnot on the uh, on like the actual race day. But I guess on the race day it kind of shaped up. But 
you when you're running back the pack, especially with some of like the strongest athletes like on the circuit, like the course is just entirely chewed up. So I think at that point, definitely like more of an experience. Season starting this weekend, St. Lawrence Carnival. Um, are all the carnivals pretty similar, or are there some significant differences? Well, they're all similar in who's there yeah. and what we're doing. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're all in different places. Uh, this will be my first time at Whiteface. Okay. Um, and then I feel like there's a little different vibes to all of them. Mm. Um, but other than that, we're just out there to go fast, so. Are some of the hills more challenging than others? Yeah, so it's actually it's super cool that we get to be at the Whiteface um, or at like in Lake Placid. I mean, it was one of the hosts of the Winter Olympic Games years ago, so it's fun to be like on that Olympic hill. Um, definitely a pretty challenging GS hill. Um, it's a little bit longer, so it's running over a minute. So definitely pretty tired by the end of that. Um, pretty similar to like the UVM hill, both like super long GSs. Um, we're going to UNH again this year. Um, that's the middle like the Middersill hill there um it's a new slalom hill that they've got and that's a pretty intense slalom then we got then we're rounding out the season at the Bates carnival so yeah. super excited about that so that's obviously home field advantage for us because we're on that every single day right um but yeah like all the hills especially this year are actually pretty challenging um so it should be a super good like really good like year just for skiing in general like we get to be on a lot of really exciting hills and like all the course sets are always pretty interesting so should be good. Yeah. Well, both of you are captains. What's the experience like, you know, being a captain? What are some of your extra responsibilities, if any? Really, we're all, we all kind of captain each other. Uh. But um, I would say just making sure communication is really clear and uh, the ski room is clean uh, is, like, up there. Um, I didn't have the opportunity to be here this fall, so dryland and stuff was kind of on Michael. Um, uh. But... <laughs> It's definitely fun to get to try to lead, like, our young team. Yeah, you're a captain. You were captain last year, too, but you obviously got injured. So what's, it like, the captain experience for you? Um, this year, it's been just being more, I mean, like, like Griffin said, just to kind of second that of we all try to be leaders for one another. Because like, it, it gets kind of interesting with, like, a dynamic where it's, like, you have one really, like, powerful individual or, like, an athlete that's – because, like, everyone ends up being your peers. So – what we, like, really try to do is, like, everyone's kind of responsible for one another and for themselves, and so it creates more of, like, more of a team dynamic. It's something, like, we're looking forward to. Us being named the captains, it's more of we are, like, a resource that, like, any of the other members of the team can come to with any sort of questions, whether they be, like, academic, athletic, and then also um, running um, optional captains practices throughout the fall is, like, probably, like, the, one of the biggest stuff. But, yeah, just being someone, like, that, they, that the rest of the team feels comfortable coming up to is probably our biggest role. Before there's snow, what's the training process like? What are you doing? So we're doing a lot of agility workouts, yeah. lots of time in the gym. We're doing a lot of, like, leg strength, um, core. Core is super important for, for skiing. Um, and the men's team this year has been doing a lot of upper body just for, you know, just for – stuff but <laughs> it's like if you look at yeah exactly <laughs> right so no that's been that's been a pretty funny thing that we've been focusing on a little bit but um yeah no it's been mostly it's like obviously like um kind of like shorter end cardio so if we're going on a run it's going to be like no more than like four miles or so really trying to amp up like the volume in, in like in the gym and in like for agility like we'll run like circuits like sprint workouts and whatnot terrific uh, griffin has the team set any goals has coach holland set any goals for you um, we have set goals um, as individuals and like as a team. 
Um, we're hoping for the women to break into that top uh, top five mm-hmm. as a team um, a few times this year and uh, see where that takes us. Um, but other than that, you know, we have running goals, you know, for the rest of the team and mostly just improving and being there for each other um, throughout the season. So. Great. On the men's side, besides the upper body part, any other goals? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's definitely obviously more of like a fun thing. Um, no, so like I guess in the past we've had a lot of struggles with finishing, like getting six finishers to get like the – because the way it's ranked is that the top three finishers will get points for the team. Right. We have struggled with getting even three finishers in the past. Um, but last year I know we had – we started off the Colby Carnival with everyone finishing. I was there watching, um, so it's fantastic to see that. Really boosted everyone's confidence, and I think rolling into this season, we're going to try to continue that. That's going to be one of our biggest goals. And then, honestly, like getting more top 30s is probably the biggest goal for like our team, performance-wise. There you have it. Griffin Mueller, Michael Cooper, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. And to preview the Nordic skiing season, we sat down with two team captains, Samantha Pierce, and Carter Ross. Samantha, we'll start with you. You know, you're you're a senior. You were a captain last year as well. Uh, what's your career been like at Bates so far from a Nordic skiing perspective? And what does it mean to you to be a captain once again for the squad? It's been a really fun um, past three years going on the fourth. Um, and this year we have a bigger team than last year, which is really nice. We have a full team. Um, and everybody is looking fast and excited for the racing season to start and get a little more snow on the ground sure so um i know nordic skiing when there's not a lot of snow on the ground how how do you go about training how do you adjust to that because we've had some snow but not a ton necessarily <laughs> yeah um we do a lot of dryland training so running and um we have these things called ski ergs where you basically mm-hmm. just pull two things down yeah. for a while and it's pretty dull but it's <laughs> <laughs> the job done yep <laughs> and uh spinning and biking and lifting and things like that terrific well carter the men's team is young sophomores and first years basically and you were named one of the captains and so or you were named the captain so what does that mean to you to be the captain of the team as a sophomore yeah it's uh, obviously a huge honor and um a big responsibility uh we had a bunch of really history of really great captains including sam so there's big shoes to fill but um i'm really excited for the opportunity and you know it's it's nice being chosen, but it doesn't. It wasn't like the big thing for me. I just, I just want to see the team do well and want to see my teammates succeed and want to do well for myself. And um, being captain is just another part of that. So, Sam, tell us how you first got into Nordic skiing. So, in elementary school, my class, um, my gym class, was actually a, just a skiing class in the winter. So we'd just go out, and everybody would strap on their short little skis and ski around the backwoods behind our school. So yeah. that kind of got me excited about it. And then um, I joined the team in middle school and high school, and um, yeah, loved it. And what led you to Bates? Um, I really liked. I know I want. I knew I wanted to ski in college, so that kind of narrows the field down to the northeast and the west. Um, and I really liked the vibe of Bates, and Becky, our coach, um, was just really great in the recruiting process, and um, she's been a great coach um, for me, and I really like that. 
Same question for you. How did you first get into Nordic skiing and what led you to Bates? Yeah, I started Nordic skiing in first grade. Um, it was basically just a glorified play date at that point, though, <laughs> just rolling around in the snow with your friends. Yeah. Um, but I stuck with it all throughout middle school and high school. Um, and similar to Sam, I knew I wanted to ski in college um, and started the search and ended up coming to Bates sight unseen. Um, <laughs> but it's hands down the best decision I've ever made. And Becky's amazing. and I'm super happy here. So sight unseen, what drew you to here, I guess? Um, I had a previous teammate, Leo Lukens, mm -hmm. who was on the team. Um, and he was just kind of like texting me. He was like, hey, man, like, have you ever thought about coming to Bates? And I was like, well, I don't know much about it, but <laughs> I guess I'm thinking about it now. Um, and then just started a dialogue with Becky over email, and the rest all kind of fell into place. One question I always am interested about when it comes to skiing, whether it be Alpine or Nordic, uh, you're off campus a lot, and but off campus, I mean pretty far off campus. And so what's how do you balance that with the academic rigors of a school like Bates? It's tricky because our races happen Friday, Saturday, and so we leave on Thursday afternoon-ish. Um, so we we just try and have really good communication with professors about um, telling them well beforehand that we're missing classes and how to do the makeup work and get notes um, and just developing a good relationship early on um, is really helpful. Similar process for you? Yeah, I would say another key aspect of getting the work done is that we're all in the same position. Mm -hmm. Everybody, you know, everybody's got class and everybody has their academic responsibilities. So, you know, when you see your teammates doing their work and getting it done, you're like, all right, like I need to do it too. And we all kind of hold each other accountable because you don't want anybody to not be able to race because of grades or something like that. For sure. And then Sam, you're one of the captains, Kaylin Woods being the other. Tell us about Kaylin and obviously the year she had last year, just spectacular, right? <laughs> yeah, she did, she did so well. Um, and we're so excited to hopefully see her do that again um, this year. She's really been a great leader on the team, along with Carter. Um, yeah, she her she has got a long legacy of Bates skiing, um, right. and so it's really fun to watch that um, happen. And then you know, both of you being captains, how do you kind of work together to lead the team? I think we have like a good relationship, and we are able to just kind of split the duties mm -hmm. half and half. And um, our leadership styles are a little different, so that's kind of nice. So. When, I don't know, we need somebody to really fire us up by having a great result, that's Kaylin. Um, and she, yeah, she always says that really well. Terrific. And then, obviously, her mom's the head coach, Becky Woods. What's Becky like as a head coach? Oh, Becky's great. She's she's awesome. I can't say enough good things about Becky. She's, uh, she's nice to you when she needs to be, but she also can lay down the law. And, oh holds us accountable and at the end of the day like that's what's most important she really seems like she has a knack for getting the most out of all of her athletes um and becky's great at figuring out what each person needs individually um in order to help them succeed uh yeah but becky's great i love becky <laughs> terrific uh i'm feeling the same for you obviously. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then um goals this year what goals have you set personally and for the team i think i just want to continue to improve over my previous years. I don't really have any set place goals necessarily because the field's always changing. Um, but yeah, I would like to see the team. We were placing around 
eighth or seventh last mm-hmm. year, and it'd be great to see us move up this year. How about on your side? Yeah, I would echo what Sam mm-hmm. said. Uh, the big thing for us is we always like to see improvement year to year, but also as the year goes on. Um, so for me, I just want to continue building on last year and just keep improving throughout the season and hopefully can lay down some good results. All right, St. Lawrence Carnival this weekend. Sam and Carter, thanks so much. Thanks for having us. While the skiing teams are outdoors, the track and field teams get their indoor season underway this Saturday at MIT. Two of their captains, Zach Campbell and Andrea Russo, join the Bobcast to look ahead at what should be an exciting year. Well, Zach, we'll start with you as a senior. You're a thrower. What did it mean to you to be named as one of the captains for the men's team? Uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. You know, there's quite a legacy being left behind. I've got a lot of great throwers that I've been in contact with, you know, and so to be one of those guys like as a captain kind of leading the team and kind of just being that example, it means a lot to me. And I'm just trying to live up to those names that I've been really used to hearing and seeing. And then Dre, you, you know, you play softball in the spring, but what does it mean to you for indoor season to be a captain your senior year? Yeah, it means a lot to me, and especially because we have such a long preseason, too, during the fall. Uh, and just to be part of the developmental aspect of all of the freshmen, especially, we have a really talented crew this year. And just being there for as long as possible until I have to just kind of switch over during the spring. Um, it does mean a lot to me and uh, just the relationships I've developed with other pr- runners in the past are truly, truly meaningful. What do you tell the youngsters the first years about what it takes to succeed at Bates Track and Field? Uh, dedication and definitely mental strength and toughness. Like some of the workouts that were put through make you not feel good in the end, but it's worth it because when you see your times coming out on Saturday after that first meet, you know you've worked hard and it's all paid off. Zach talked off the air. There's some younger guys coming in throwing as well. Tell us about them. Yeah, so we have a guy I'm really excited about, John Everett, coming to us from uh, near Boston area, and he's comes from a school that we've had a lot of success from. Uh, you know, Sean Enos went there, and Rich McNeil, a lot of those guys coming up. So really excited about him. He showed a lot of potential. And then we have another kid I'm really excited about, Alex Gailey, who's coming from California, never thrown before, but he just has the body for it, you know, and he's a pure natural just watching him. So it's really exciting. Very talented crew in the younger guys. I'll ask the same question I asked Dre. What do you tell the youngsters? It's a lot of patience, you know, because you come out of high school and maybe, you know, you were the guy at your school throwing 50 feet, but then the shot gets bigger and so do your competitors, you know, and it's like, it definitely's going to hit you at first. I remember my first meet, I was like, this is, I'm not cut out for this at all, but you got to really keep grinding, keep hitting the gym, and eventually you'll be one of those big guys that everyone's like, whoa, I can't compete with him, you know? And as a senior, what are some of the goals you set for yourself? Goals, I mean, I think, like, just trying to be a great leader for the guys and being an example, you know, coach always says that. I'm not the biggest person ever, you know, I'm under six feet and that can't be said for a lot of the other throwers. So I got to work a lot that much harder for everybody. And I'm trying to give that exact same example to everybody else, you know, try and do everything properly the right way and work hard for it. And then the results will come. So now it's time for me to chase my results, you know, try and get to those bigger meets that maybe I haven't been able to get to in the past. Terrific. Dre, any goals you've set for yourself this year? Uh, pretty much just be better than myself last year. Uh-huh. Just continue to improve on my own times. And then also just to be a good support system for everyone else on the team. Like, yes, that comes with the role as a captain, but I do take that to heart. And I do see that as even like a more important role than bettering my own self. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in the end... It, if the team is all on the same page, has all the same goal, and making sure that everyone feels comfortable and confident, we as a team are going to succeed. Terrific. And then, obviously, you are both captains, but there are other captains as well. So tell us about them. Uh, so for 
the women, Aiden and Sarah Rothman, uh, who are captains for cross country, joined us for indoor. And then with indoor, we also have Sarah Schulte, who's hurdles and sprints. And then uh, Katie Hughes, who is also a thrower. She was a captain last year. So she's the one that's kind of been like uh, helping us like organize because we're a pretty big crew uh, yeah. in terms of there being five captains. But if you see how big the team is too, uh, kind of need all of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So it's it's been a really good dynamic working with them. And they're all very, very talented. I'm just honored to be running with them, but then also being a leader with them as well. Zach, tell us about the other men's captains. Yeah, so we have Brendan Dottie, who's our only junior captain. He's a heptathlete to Kathleen for us. He's a great guy working with everybody because he does so many different events, you know, so he really has his hands in all the different pots. We have Mike Soma, who's running the mid-distance for us. Great guy, really friendly with everybody as well, so everyone really likes talking to him and looking up to him. And then we have Mark Fusco, who's coming from the cross-country team, working the distance, and He's always been, like, the guy for us in this sense, you know, when your spider's on the track, everyone's very excited to see him going and the face he makes and all the energy he puts out there, you know, so it's really great to have him be that guy with us, you know. Terrific. So this fall, obviously, there were the cross-country runners. Neither of you run cross-country, though, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so what were you doing this fall to prepare for the indoor season? Yeah, so we had our fall track class, which was really exciting. We met about three times a week usually, and it was a lot. It was a great time to work on just general fitness. So we did a lot of the running with the running with the runners, and then we'd split off and do our own thing, either in the weight room or getting some throws. We try to take advantage of the fall when we can because in the winter we don't really get a chance to throw outside. So there's a lot of hammer throw, a lot of discus throwing, you know. So that's always great just to enjoy the weather and also just like a lot of get to know you stuff. It's a pretty small throwing group, so yeah. that's the time where you kind of make those connections. Well, one of the women captains you mentioned, Katie Hughes, she's a yeah. she's a thrower, so she works with you probably a lot, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Katie and I go way back. We live on the same floor freshman year. We are great, great friends. So it's really nice to have her as a captain who's also done this before to kind of help me out every now and again and really settle the team down whenever we have to. Terrific. So, Dre, this being your senior year, I mean, obviously you've been doing this indoor and then softball each year. Uh, if someone else came in and wanted to do the same thing, what would you tell them about the process? I would tell them definitely do it. It's a unique experience because I feel like I just have, like, this huge family with the track team, like both men's and women's because we are uh, both very close with one another. And then I go to more of a smaller intimate family during the spring. But it's funny to have those two dynamics, and it's just – it's one of those moments where I'm walking like down alumni, for example, and I wave hi to probably like 10, 15 people. I'm not joking. And uh, it's also good, too, because I feel the two sports really focus on different aspects. So with track, there are times where it's very individual, except in like relays, for example. But then it's a lot of self and individual betterment. Whereas with softball, like you cease thinking about yourself. It's all about your team, how you guys are doing. And then just like the... Com- the competitions that come with both of them, the competitiveness associated with the two sports, it's pretty wild to just, just go from like, okay, I'm running in a meet, like one race, here we go, to playing like a seven-inning game, eight-inning game, I don't know how many at like innings it would be, like hopefully if it's a good game, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's wild, and it's a really like uh, – it's a really unique experience, and I am so – uh, honored to have been able to do this, especially at Bates, because I know with all the other schools that I was looking at going to, this was not an option, and this was probably the best choice I've ever made. This year, what, what events are you doing indoor? Uh, so this year, I'm primarily a 400 runner, and that's why I've been pretty much my whole track career, even in high school. And uh, I also dabble in the 60 dash and the two. Um, so we're going to see how those go this year, yeah. but uh, primary focus is 
always and will forever be the 400. Excellent. Well, Dre touched on why she kind of came to Bates, an opportunity to do softball and indoor track. Why, why did you make the decision back when you were in high school to come up here to Bates? Yeah, um, I actually had no intention of joining the track team at all. Oh. I wasn't recruited out of high school or anything like that. I didn't even compete my final spring in high school. I had a pretty bad ankle injury from playing some pickup basketball. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I'm done with this track thing. But then I came here and I visited some friends. I had a kid from my high school who had come to Bates and been on the track team here. And he said, you should really check it out. Talk to coach. We have a great legacy of Thurwish here and you'll love the guys. So I came for a visit, hung out with all the track guys. And I was really like, you know, these are some really cool people. It's really nice community and everything i talked to coaches like yeah you definitely have the numbers to walk on and join our squad if you want to so Bates seemed like a really great place just from the visit and then meeting the track people seemed like a really great team to want to join and like i said i would never look back on it any differently at all you know the track team has been the closest group of friends that i've had since being at Bates, and really just some people i can depend on no matter what and then the throwers within the track team obviously i'm sure d-ray was a, a model for you who else did you kind of follow in, in their footsteps when you came here yeah, so when I first came, the captain, you know, was Nick Margitza, and he had quite a story. Just, it was a great guy, very lovable, just, you know, very, very friendly. So I was very happy to have him be, like, my introduction to the track team. And like you said, D-Ray is just a great big personality, so that's fun. Tom and Dean was also there with him, sure. and he's, like, such a lot of guidance teaching me how to get after it in the weight room and also, like, more of the academic side and the throwing side, you know. So those are the guys that I really credit for, like, being the people that I look up to and think about when I think of track. You know, it's crazy thinking that I'm a senior now, and maybe the freshman will look at me the same way, maybe not, but looking at them and thinking about them, they were just so above in my mind, you know. How excited do you see what John Rex does this year? Because I know there's a lot of excitement about him, right? Yeah, Rex has been getting after it the yeah. entire summer. You know, you follow him on Instagram, anything, and he is just... I'm excited. Yeah. Too. You're excited now? I'm yeah. excited, too. Yeah, the kid was an absolute workhorse. And yeah. that's great, you know, to have someone pushing you like that. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. And also just, like, working with him so far during this past semester in the fall, going into the winter, getting a lot of tips here and there, because... You know, when you're working on your own, you do a lot of things that you think are going to, like, help you out in the throw, and you have, like, maybe your dad or something, some coaches look at you, but when you have, like, your other teammates who are really there giving you that those tips, he gives me tips, I give him tips, it only improves everything, and also, like you said, having that competition with each other a little yeah. bit, too, is very nice, so I'm very excited to see what Rex does this season. Excellent, and Dre, who else, maybe, um, Rex, obviously, everyone's very excited about him, but other athletes on, on the women's side or on the men's side, you're looking to see maybe have a breakthrough year for the team. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited to see how Aiden does this year. Because she had a fabulous season last year and then came off of a strong cross-country season. And uh, she's one of my good friends, and I'm just so excited to see how she does. Um, but also, I would say just in general, the women's distance team, all the distance runners, I am stoked to see how they do. I mean, yeah, they're probably sad they don't get it, run through some hills and stuff like that now. <laughs> and they're stuck on an indoor track after run twice as many laps as they do outdoors. But I just want to see them finish strong, finish indoor strong, and then pick it back up for outdoor and just really, really taking all the momentum from cross-country season into this season too. All right, Dre Russo, Zach Campbell, thanks so much for previewing the indoor track and field season. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you for having us. The men's basketball team hosts Thomas College Tuesday at 7 p.m. Tuesday is also the final home match of the year for the squash teams. They host Wesleyan at 6 o'clock and the free fan bus departs Commons for the squash center at 5.30. The men's basketball team is home Friday and Saturday for games against Middlebury and Williams. And you can find the complete schedule for all Bates sports at GoBatesBobcats.com. And we'll recap all this week's action next time on the Bates Bobcast.